This is Wake and Bake with Reverend Kim. When I was born, my Turkish dad wanted to give me a Turkish name. My mom wasn't fond of any of his suggestions, though, not being Turkish herself and wanting to be able to properly pronounce her kid's name. They eventually settled on Kim. My dad liked it because it's actually a Turkish word. It means who. My mom said there were too many Kimberleys at that time, so they named me Kim. Not Kimberly, just Kim. Already as a newborn, my label was beginning to shape my journey yet to come. I was given half a name, possibly contributing to my longing for wholeness, the other half of me, and since it means who, I feel like I was also set up for an identity crisis. I think all of this is hilarious, to be honest, because I was clearly destined to set out on the search for and deconstruction of real identity. Who am I? Who is this human part of me? This Kim personality, this labeled persona that I'm walking around with. When we talk about ego, we're not talking about arrogance or conceit, although pride does come into play a lot in this context. But spiritually speaking, ego is the identification with form the identification with constructs of the mind. It's just a narrative, good and bad. Nothing but thought. It doesn't exist anywhere else. It's identification with thought. But you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are thoughts. But you are the one who is hearing your thoughts. You're the awareness behind them, listening. Your thoughts have a purpose, of course, to analyze and create but we made a huge mistake somewhere along the way and we keep making it. All ancient teachings have led to this. They all ask in their own way for humanity to know who we are. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom. Buddha taught that freedom from suffering of the mind leads to nirvana. You are not your thoughts. You are not your kidneys. You have kidneys, but you don't introduce yourself as them. You don't say, hi, I'm my liver. Nice to meet you. But we do say, hi, I'm my mind, my personality. And that's not quite true. You have a mind. You have a personality. But it's not who you are. Identification with the body, color, beliefs, possessions, abilities, intellect, achievements, failures, fears, phobias, successes, none of it's who you are. You're not your car. You're not your occupation. You are the soul giving life to the body, to the form, to the physical experience you're living. It exists in the dimension of duality, and so it needs something to bounce off of, to differentiate itself from, to derive its sense of self from. It distinguishes between you and others, which is an illusion. We are all one, one ocean projected as individual waves, but the ego needs comparison. It exists in the realm of separation. It seeks superiority and uniqueness. It needs to be different, different or better than something or someone else. It knows that if we're one, then it loses its power. It's dissolved. So it reinforces itself. It reinforces the me because if there is no me, then it disappears. It ceases to exist. It's transmuted. Even your positive thoughts, the perceived good thoughts, are ego. Identification with perceived good thoughts or things is a very fragile way to live. And it's arrogant too. That's where the pride comes in. Egos often also disguised as humbleness. Like spirituality, for example. It's not something that you do. It's in the being. 
human being. There's the duality again, the human and the being. But in the desire to be spiritual, you're sinking into the ego trap of wanting. As soon as you use the words, I want, no matter what it is, it's ego. I want to be conscious. I want to be spiritual. I want to be good. I want to help people. It's still all self-serving, no matter how humble or being of service it seems. It's still self-gratifying. I want to help implies the need for you to help. It solidifies your self-image of being needed, of being of value, of having a place or purpose. And it also implies that others are incapable, strengthening your own sense of ability. It's tricky. Really showing up, ego-free and in true service, is simply being present and available, without want or expectation or desire for anything. You show up, in surrender, in full trust for the grand plan and the ability of the universe to work through you and for the greater good. No wants, no needs, no desires, just perfect trust and present awareness. Think about it. Even the concept of spirituality can be a trick of the mind. Many people think they're on a spiritual path, but they're missing it. If any part of it makes you happy or feel satisfied that someone sees or recognizes what you have or do, how you conduct yourself, who you know, or what you wear, it's ego. So is collecting and buying stuff. Got a stockpile of crystals, oils, books, yoga pants. That doesn't make you spiritual. It means you've designed an identity you like to project, an image you're comfortable wearing and showing off. People can awaken and be awake without any props or recognition. Everything you need is inside of you. That's the only place you'll find it. The outer is simply a projection, and no matter how you decorate it, it will not bring you to the kingdom. If you're forming an identity based on others being wrong, or your own need to be right, that's ego. If fighting anything makes you feel like a hero, even for the underdog, if it makes you a warrior, it's a false sense of self. Even if you really believe you're right, it's a need for others to see and say that you're right. It's ego's efforts for her superiority and inferiority. When you're in awareness, you know that you have no enemies. There's no fight at all when you're in that space. But pride is so strong. It needs to prove itself where you feel neglected, where you feel rejected, less than, humiliated, challenged. Ego seeks control. It's a manipulator. It's codependent. If it believes that conditions are okay out there, then it means that I'm okay in here. So the personality does whatever it can to prove and solidify what it wants. It tries to control people and conditions to soothe itself and feel confident and accepted and safe. Or even to arrange the opposite, creating chaos and conflict as control too. It's a distraction and a sense of comfort in the discomfort. It's victim identification. But again, it's all false. You're always okay. Only the ego identifies with fears or insecurities. Only ego believes we're not actually free right here and right now. No matter what outer conditions look like, you can't fight for freedom. You can't fight for well-being. You can only know who you really are and allow what already is to arise and be. Outer conditions can change from there, but connecting with your truth has to happen first. Otherwise, you're just perpetuating the energy that you wish to change. It's just busy work and the ego tricking you into thinking you're being productive and feeling good in that falsity too. Only ego looks for self-improvement. 
continuously, incessantly. It's never satisfied. In believing that you're not happy, whole, and complete, it gets to thrive trying to fix what was never broken. The personality will always be in flux. It's an experiential thing, so by its very nature, it can never be finished. The ego can always find something to improve on, though, solidifying the belief of imperfection. And that's fine. But soul knows it's already good, so there's no reason for any more busy work. You can do it if you want to, as long as you recognize that that's all it really is. Self-care has become trendy. It's all fine. Go ahead, take part. But know that it's busy work. You can be enlightened without a routine. You can be awake without doubting on the self. In fact, you kind of have to be. You have to let go of all of that to really get to where you're going. You're not meant to coddle your suffering. It's meant to be looked at and transcended. Suffering provides an opportunity for awakening. Suffering on all levels, individually and globally, on both personal and collective levels. As above, so below. It's meant to lead us to change. Suffering triggers ego. When you experience physical or emotional pain, whenever you're involved in conflict, have financial worries, whenever you feel lonely, anxious, overwhelmed, whenever you feel angry or defensive, when you feel better than or smarter than or more awakened than other people, it's all your egoic patterns. We react and point fingers outward, but whatever triggers us out there is our own ego. And if we instead go inward, we can respond from a place of awareness and love. But that thought alone could be terrifying. So many don't awaken or only awaken to a certain extent because we cling. We cling to what's known. Ego teaches us to be afraid to let go of what we know, of our comforts, even when they're causing suffering. We're afraid to let go of what we've been living and doing. We're afraid to let go of life as we know it. We don't let ourselves die to the awakening. We resist it. And so for most, it happens in stages. We need time to acclimate and get pushed into the next stage. There is some truth to some of those fears. We often do lose friends, relationships, jobs, possessions, and status because we need an opening for new stimulus. The outer changes when the inner changes. So sure, some of that may happen, but fear is ego stopping you from what really is in your best interest to let go of anyway. Wake up from the dream. Wake up from the nightmare. Become lucid in life, taking control of your thoughts and consciously creating the life you want to live. Let wisdom and peace arise. Become present without identifying with thinking. Be here. Be present. Learn to look without analysis. No interpretation. Don't identify with your thoughts. No labels. No judgment. Just take it in. Watch a tree or a flower without labeling it at all. Watch the mind the same way. Watch life. Watch yourself. Listen. Look. Feel. Let's give this a try right now. We can talk about ego all we want, but until we experience the separation, it's only an idea. And anything this abstract needs to be felt to be understood. So let's feel it. Let's see if you can find the space, find the separation between thinker and observer. See if you can feel the awareness that is your true self. Let's connect with your inner being. Let me guide you through a Buddhist form of meditation that they call loving kindness. 
but please don't do this if you're driving. Hit pause and pick it up again when you can be still and really give into it. If you're new to meditation, that's absolutely fine. All you have to do is listen. Get comfortable, either sitting on a chair or a cushion if you prefer, palms facing up on your lap, eyes closed. That's about all you need to know for this one. There's no need to get into proper meditation form or any of that. Just be with the energy. Be with the space that arises in the experience. It'll be different for everyone and there's no right or wrong. Just allow it to be. Ready? Get comfortable and take a moment to settle in. Take a few deep breaths. Squirm a little in your seat. Get your wiggles out. Sitting up nice and tall, engaged but relaxed. And now I'd like you to begin by bringing your attention into your body. Notice how your body feels. Feeling the weight of your body on the chair, the floor, or on your cushion. And take a few deep breaths. As you take a deep breath, bring in more oxygen, enlivening the body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. You can notice your feet on the floor or tucked under you. Notice the sensations that you feel in them. The weight, pressure, vibration, heat. You can notice your legs against the chair or cushion. Pressure. Pulsing. Heaviness. Lightness. Notice your back. Sitting nice and tall, but drop your shoulders. Drop the tension. Bring your attention into your stomach area. If your stomach is tense or tight, let it soften. Take a breath. Notice your hands. Are they tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Notice your arms. Feel any sensation in them. Let your shoulders be soft. Notice your neck and throat. Let them be soft. Relax. Soften your jaw. Let your face and facial muscles be soft. And now notice your whole body. Take another breath. Be aware of your whole body as best as you can. Breathing. It's said that when the mind gazes into the mind itself, conceptual thought ends and supreme enlightenment is gained. The first step into the mind looking into itself can be bringing the mind to one point and keeping it there. Two places you can use to focus are either the breath at the tip of the nose, right inside the tip of the nose. You'll notice that with each breath you feel the air touching the inside of the nostril. The breath in feels cool and out feels warm. If you're focusing on the breath at the tip of the nose, you don't follow the breath into the body or out into the air. Just notice the comings and goings of the breath right at the nostril. When you're following the breath at the tip of the nose, it may help to mentally note, especially during the early stages, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And just feel it. The other option is to notice the rising and falling in the abdomen. You can feel the place right in the middle of the abdomen that with each inhalation rises and with each exhalation falls. With each inhalation, you can mentally note rising, and with each, each exhalation, you can note falling. 
Try them. Feel them both. Feel the air at the nostrils. And feel the rising and falling of the belly. After you've explored each of them for a moment or two, choose one that feels best to you. And let's stay with that. Your thoughts, your mind, will be carried off many times to sensations, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting, seeing, or to thoughts. And each time the mind wanders, as soon as you notice it wander, as soon as you notice it begin to wander, just note it and very gently but firmly bring it back home to the breathing. Breathing in, breathing out, or to the rising and falling. As your mind begins to settle into this, some old emotions may rise to the surface. It might be greed, lust, anger, agitation, laziness, doubt, sadness. Just notice them. Don't feed them. Just notice them. Don't judge them. Just notice. And once again, gently return to the breath. Note each breath, particularly though paying attention to the spaces between them, the space between the inhale and the exhale and the pause. Feel that. If you experience pain or discomfort in your body, note that too and see if you can release it. Let it soften just like we did before and return to the breath. your awareness gently there on your breath just like riding on a breeze thoughts and sensations rising one after another passing away like leaves floating down a stream you can sit by the stream and focus on a brightly colored pebble right below this water into your vision come those leaves and they pass across your vision and continue on out of your vision. That brightly colored pebble is like your breath, a place for your awareness to rest and keep still. The subtlest whisper of the breath, passing at the tip of the nostrils or rising and falling in the abdomen, holds the mystery. Watch it unfold. If all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players, you are the stage and all the players. Witness. In your movie theater of silence, everything is watched, heard, sensed. Thoughts arise and pass away, but none of it tarnishes the pure silence of that inner space between the breaths. As each sensation arises, just note it. Each moment, just noting where your awareness moves, not trying to bring it back to any place, letting it float from scene to scene, from thought to thought, but adding the awareness of the process of the movement, all done as you sit quietly, witnessing, observing. A sound 
a movement, a sensation in the body, a thought, they're all the same. Just images on the screen that appear and a moment later disappear. Like drawings in the sand that the stream washes away a moment later. Each sensation, each thought, just note it, one after the other, but always remaining quiet. This quiet being is your most ancient self. This quiet being has watched a succession of moments, has watched a succession of days and years and lifetimes, has watched bodies come and bodies go, the joys and tribulations come and go, pleasures and pains come and go. Who dwells in that theater has no form, no limit. Who dwells in that theater is beyond time, beyond space. There's just a series of sensations and thoughts, one after the other, arising and passing away. Other than that, where are you? Each time you experience yourself as something or somebody, just notice that it's another thought or sensation drifting across the screen and return to the spacious, formless, timeless essence of the theater. There's nothing to cling to. Keep loosening your hold, letting the familiar float by, seeing that just behind all of the forms, images, memories, plans, sounds, sights, tastes, touches, smells, just behind all of them, permeating, yet not being colored by them. There you are. Are all these sensations and thoughts inside you or outside of you? If there's no form or limit to who you are, they're both inside of you and outside of you. I am in everything. Everything is in me. I am the theater. I am that I am. Now I'd like you to bring before your mind's eye the image of someone you love. Someone whom, the moment you think of them, you feel happy. See if you can bring to mind a relative, a close friend, someone with not too complicated a relationship. Just a general sense that when you think of them, you feel happy, you feel good. You can pick a child, or you can always choose a pet, a dog or a cat, a creature. It's fairly easy to love, to feel love for. Let whoever that is come to mind. Have a sense of them being in front of you. Feel them. Sense them. See them. And as you imagine them, notice how you're feeling inside. Maybe you feel some warmth, or there's some heat to your face, a smile, a sense of expansiveness. This is loving kindness. This is a natural feeling that's accessible to all of us at any moment. So now having this loved one in front of you, begin to wish them well. Think the thoughts. May you be safe and protected from danger. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you have ease and well-being. You can use my words or your own words. Just let this feeling of loving kindness come from you, though, and begin to touch this loved one. 
You might think in images. You might have a sense of color or light. You might just have a feeling. The words may continue to bring on more of this feeling. So say whatever feels meaningful to you. May you be free from stress and anxiety. May you be free from all fear. And as you're sending out these words, these feelings of loving kindness, also check into yourself and see how you're feeling inside. And now imagine that this loved one turns around and begins to send it back to you. See if you can receive the loving kindness. Take it in. Sense that they're wishing you well now. May you be happy. May you be at peace and at ease. May you feel safe and protected from all danger. May you have joy, well-being. Letting yourself really take it in. If you're not feeling anything at this point, it's not a problem. That's okay. This is a practice that plants seeds. If you're feeling something else other than loving kindness, just check into that. What is it that I'm feeling? Just look. There may be something to learn there. Now, if it's possible, and it's not always easy to do this, but see if you can send loving kindness to yourself. You can imagine it coming down your body from your heart. And just have a sense of it to you, from you. May I feel safe and protected from danger. May I be healthy and strong. May I be happy and peaceful. May I accept myself just as I am. May I know myself, my true self. And now ask yourself the question, what do I need to be happy? and see what arises. Whatever does arise, offer that to yourself. Give it to you. And notice what you feel as you do this. And now bring before your mind's eye someone that you feel neutral about. Maybe someone you remember having passed on the street. Just a random person that you have no strong feelings for one way or the other. Keep them focused before you. And repeat, may you feel free from danger. May you be free from all mental suffering. May you be free from all physical suffering. May you know ease of well-being. And now bring before your mind's eye someone that you might have some difficulty opening your heart to or keeping your hope or your heart open about. Maybe someone who's hurt you or hurt people you love. See them. And really feel it. May you be free from danger. May you be free from all mental suffering. May you be free from all physical suffering. May you know ease of well-being. May you be happy. May you be loved. And finally, imagine all beings and let this loving kindness expand out spreading and touching everyone in all directions people you know people you don't know people you have difficulty with people you love just imagine expanding and touching each animal each person everything and everyone and feel it feel everyone being touched by this loving kindness and feel that with it each person is changed 
May everyone everywhere be happy and peaceful and at ease. May we all experience great joy. May we all feel free of danger. May we all be free from mental suffering. May we all be free from physical suffering. May we all know ease of well-being. May we all know our true selves. I am that I am. And right now, right into the heart, breathe in the essence of that word I. Breathe it right into your heart. And through the screen of the mind, through your forehead, through the screen of the mind, breathe out the essence of the word am. Breathe in the I. Breathe out the am. In through the heart. Out through the screen. I am. I am. I am. Sit with this. Stay with it. Whenever you're ready, open your eyes and keep that presence with you. I am that I am. I am all lit up with Reverend Kim.